You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dan Johnson, and today... We're going to be talking with John Teeter. Now, most of you guys, if you listen to the Sportsman's Empire lineup of podcasts, you may know him from the Whitetail Landscapes podcast that we have, and it's all about habitat management uh, and really, really detailed, very specific habitat management, habitat improvement, trees, grass, food plots, timber, all that stuff, all of that stuff. Uh, it's one of the top uh, podcasts in its niche in the entire country, and uh, he does a really good job over there doing that. So if you're into habitat management, go check it out. But I have him on the podcast today to talk about Christmas gift ideas for the habitat management manager. Someone may be trying to get into habitat management. Maybe you just bought a property or lease a property where you can do habitat uh, improvement, habitat work on, and we talk about products that are needed and would be excellent gift ideas for you to buy yourself or maybe drop a hint to your wife for that type of habitat work. So that's what today's episode is about. Commercial. We're going to do a couple commercials real quick. You know, make sure, first off, make sure you go listen to John's podcast. It's legit. Second, Code Blue Sense. All right. I really like this product uh, called the Rope-A-Dope system because it allows you to take inventory of deer without baiting, okay? There's certain states where you can't bait, you can't put mineral down. This would, the Rope-A-Dope system, the orbital gland scent with a trail camera over top of it would be an awesome product to hang in the woods, create a mock uh, mock scrape type environment, hang the rope-a-dope system up in a tree, put a trail camera over it. And I'll tell you this, I was really surprised by the number of deer that visited my my mock scrape setup using the rope-a-dope system uh, throughout this, this summer and into this fall. It absolutely blows my mind the amount of 
deer. And I don't just mean bucks, I mean bucks and does of all ages came to investigate. And of course I got a trail camera right there. So it could play a role in strategy. It could play a role in uh, just inventory. And so uh, go to codebluesense.com, look at that rope dope system, strongly suggest, put it in your cart, buy it, and use the discount code NFC20 for 20% off. Now, the other company I want to talk about is a brand new company that I started called Full Sneak Gear. You can go check all the products out at fullsneakgear.com. The, the goal is to turn it into a lifestyle brand. Right now, I have one, two... Uh, three, four, five, six, seven t-shirts. I have a hoodie. I have two. I have a the, the Nine Finger Chronicles hat, and I also have two stocking caps, blaze orange and green. And, dude, it's a badass design, kick-ass logos. It's a, a cool vibe, and I really think all you guys need to go check it out, fullsneakgear.com. I believe FSN, no, FSG10, FSG10. Uh, is a discount code that I have up and running right now, and it is uh, for 10% off. So go take advantage of that. And right now, until the end of the year, we have free shipping on every purchase in North America. So, or in, uh, not North America, but in the United States. I had to ship uh, I had to ship something to Canada the other day, and I had free shipping on to Canada, and I had to pay $50. I actually lost money in that transaction. I didn't, I had no clue. It was so expensive to ship stuff to Canada. So, whatever. There's that. Uh, bu- 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 that's it for the intro. Let's just go ahead and get into today's episode. Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. I am your host, Dan Johnson. And on today's episode, we're talking Christmas gifts again. And we're going to be talking with a habitat specialist. John Teeter, out of New York, right? You're out of New York? I am. New York, the great state. The great state of New York. All right, I got a question for you. How far are you from the New York City? I'm about four, four and a half hours away. Okay, four and a half hours away. So are you removed from the chaos that is the Big Apple? Yeah, I have nothing to do with that. It's almost like the state's broken into three sections. There's like the Long Island, New York City area. There's downstate and upstate. I'm in central part of the state. So it's basically, uh, and certain parts of the state are red and certain parts are blue. So you can you can guess what, what those areas are. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, hey, you can sit back and be natural. You don't have to lean. I can hear you just fine. Um, all right, good. Yep. All right. So, uh, today we're going to be talking about Christmas gifts for the habitat specialist here on the hunting or wait, this isn't the nine finger chronicles. I'm an idiot. This is the hunting gear podcast. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, I'm yeah. not going to edit that because I don't want to, I don't want to do it. So we're, so I'm just going to redo the intro now and I'm going to say, welcome to the hunting gear podcast. Uh, John. Uh, I say we just kick off the conversation. No BS on this episode because I know you're uh, busy. I'm busy. What? Why don't you go ahead and give us the first I, Christmas gift idea that you would recommend for a habitat manager, habitat specialist? 
So if you get away from some of these like basic like trail cameras, binoculars, spotting scopes, and you get into like field work and mm-hmm. I, my stuff, I'm in the field. I'm working on timber, field settings, tractors, ATVs, right? I'm ut- utilizing a, a whole bunch of equipment. Once it boils down to budget, there's a lot of things you can do really, really cheap. And, you know, some sometimes it's just starting with the basics, having the right like uh, gloves. I used to be really like, I was like a tough guy. I didn't need gloves. And now I'm like super smart on what type of gloves that I wear. And I need a certain dexterity so I can run chainsaws and, you know, cut things, et cetera. So I would say one of the first things to buy is uh, gloves. And I use a Max Flex glove. Okay. It seems pretty simple, basic. If you buy them in packs, they have a summertime one and a wintertime one. And they're fantastic for just field use. You can go to your local Harbor Freight or stores like that. You can buy like Kinko gloves. They've got, but I stay away from leather gloves. Leather gloves are the worst. And, um, you know, they, they, they have a tendency to bind up over time. Uh, sometimes they stain your hands, the cheap ones. So it's important to have like a good pair of gloves and having really good dexterity. seems like an overlooked thing, but if somebody's buying somebody a gift, just buy a, you know, a 10 pack, a 12 pack of those. And you're ready to go. Okay, so what was the brand name again? The brand name was Max Flex, and there's Flex. there's a certain variety that I use. But if you go to Max Flex, you can find some that are made for summer, and then some for the winter time. Okay, is that anything like a mechanics type glove? Very similar. Okay, yep, very All right. similar. All right, and so there's two di- ones for colder weather, and one is for warmer weather. Yeah, and it's a little more oriented to having dexterity, but not the mm-hmm. level of dexterity. You could just go with like a, a nitro glove that they use at the mechanics place. So it's really kind of thick. Yeah. These are a little bit thicker than that. They've got a little bit better backing. Like sometimes you're punching things, pushing things, pulling things. So they do a little bit better there. Are they padded at all? Uh, yes, they are padded. Some are padded around the hands. Some are padded around the backside uh, of your hand. So your palm is sometimes padded. Just just depends. I love padded gloves in the wintertime. I typically wear padded gloves. I've got gloves that are throwaways. I just go to Harbor Freight. They're cheap. I buy them and I throw them away. Sometimes the texture is really important that time of year, just holding on to equipment, especially when you're running a chainsaw. I want to be able to grip a chainsaw. I use a T-handle chainsaw. So a lot of my cutting sometimes one-handed. So in that, you know, in that scenario, you need need to be able to grip that saw pretty well. And so it doesn't fall out of your hands. I mean, I start cutting timber here in about a week or so. So, you know, I'm in the point where I'm going to be working and, you know, utilizing, you know, probably a warmer glove. It's 26 degrees here in uh, central New York, and we just got four or five inches of snow. So you got to think about the wetness factor when it comes to just equipment. Yeah. And if you, if you really abuse them, right. How long do you feel like these gloves that you're suggesting, how long will they last? If you're using them a lot, I think, I mean, a whole pack that would last you a couple seasons. I pretty much get two months out of them and then they're junk. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's me using them all the time. So I would say the average person would, would you know, a pack of 12, you're going to go through an entire year, at least maybe you know, maybe two years. So they, they last a while, but I'm pretty rough on my stuff. Two months would probably be at the, at the far extreme end. Usually it's a month. They, they draw out really quick. And that's the thing, you know, you get hands sweat and, you know, I want stuff drying out. Nice point. Nice point is they're, you know, usually less than $10 a pair. And for me, those are just throwaways. I yeah. just grab another pair and I'm good to go. Yeah. 
And then uh, do you also wear them while you're hunting as well, or do you wear a different pair of gloves? Uh, those are just work gloves. Yeah. Hunting-wise, I've got, you know, a whole, gotcha. you know, I, my hunting stuff is completely separate. Okay. All right. What's the next product on uh, the, the wish list there? All right, so this is going to be, you know, you hear this a lot, but it's having like, the right hand tools. So I'm going to give you a bunch of hand tools to consider that I think are great. So some are planning, some are in the field, and I got a new tool that I'm using that I think is really good. So um, Wicked Tree Gear, which yep. Shannon, you and I have talked about that company before, they make a great folding saw. Yep. It's good for in the field. You can beat the heck out of that saw. Uh, you can put it in your pack. That's a great you know, I would say a great simple saw. They're under a hundred bucks and they'll last you forever. Uh, just be careful. They're super sharp. Yeah. The other option, the other option is an alternative. I like a blade saw that's fully erect or open mm -hmm. with a holster. So that's silky. Uh, they make a really good saw. The yep. other saws like Corona or some of those other saws, they just don't last long. I get two years out of a, a blade on one of the silky saws and I use it all the time. I mean, could you imagine cutting thousands and thousands of trees and I get two years out of it yeah. and I'm, I'm hitting the ground with it. I've put in, you know, I put in scrapes, I clear ground. I mean, it's amazing how long those last and you yeah. can buy replacement blades for about 60, about 60 bucks, 50, 60 bucks, depending on, you know, the size and the type of model that you use. I think I use a Zumbat 330. I've used that for about 12 years and uh the handle's replaceable you can you might as well just buy a new saw at that point yeah. and i've lost it one year i i left one out and uh i found it year uh, a year later and you know i just have i have a litany of equipment and some of this stuff for me is throwaway if it's a hundred dollars it becomes a throwaway item yeah. so because of my business so i would say if you're going to buy something they'll last a long time and i just you know i left one outside and I found it and it, you know, it was a little rusty, but it still worked just fine. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, the, other, the, other, the other thing I want to mention, Dan, is if you go down the, the route of like cutting trees or small trees or stuff for your backpack is uh, steel came out with this GTA 26. It's a small handsaw with a battery on it and it works fantastic. It's got like a small blade. I forget the size of the blade, but it's excellent. It's actually really good. It's super quiet. And if you're climbing a tree, it's actually quieter than using like a handsaw sometimes. So if you want something like, I think it's under $200, it's got a battery with it so you can buy replacement batteries. And it's actually great. You know, the, it's something that I won't necessarily use for like long-term abuse stuff like we're doing, but for like small, like the, you know, weekend kind of guy, it's a great tool and it's also great to throw in your hunting pack. So that's a GTA 26 made by steel, little small handsaw. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now online here, and uh, it looks like the price is about 150 for it. Okay, dude, that thing looks sweet. Oh, it is. I need. It's, I, it's I think I want sweet. one. I want one. So steel just came out with. So my my buddy at steel just sent me a note. They just came out with a handle. So you can mount a handle to it that has a trigger on it and you can make it can be like a pole saw too. Oh buddy. So if you need to extend, so you just, I don't know if it's a fold up uh, bar and I don't know if it's just, I don't even know if that's out yet where you can buy it publicly, but I worked with steel a couple of years ago and um, you know, we were testing all their prototype stuff. So he gives me some, some uh, early ad adapter stuff. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. That definitely looks like something that would benefit the, not even like the land manager guy, the guy who has permission on a farm, who can go in and do tree stand work in the summertime. 
Yeah, I think it's something great having something small like that and then having this extended handle that gives you another six feet that you can reach out yep. and clear out the branching around your stand. It's a no-brainer. Super light, super easy to use. You know, just buy a few extra batteries. That'd be my recommendation and, and go from there. Hey, did you know that I used to uh, work and help start Wicked Tree Gear? Yeah, and uh, I think that's awesome because you, Todd Princing, when I used to yep. be an outdoor writer years ago todd came up to me and he was like the nicest guy he's like i read all your articles well i'm like i didn't even know anybody read my articles let alone you and i, I just love i love that guy so i could see why you would have some synergy with him yeah yeah um so yeah that was definitely a, a unique uh product to test and one thing that i'll add is they obviously have a kick-ass handsaw but they have a collapsible uh extended pole saw that the head folds and the telescoping arm on it too and so there's a variety of different sizes i and that was awesome because until i had that product i never cut shooting lanes on running guns and then with that product you can put it in just strap it to your back i mean it's only like three foot long it's about the size of a like a, a climbing stick Strap that to my back as well, and now I could cut a little bit of, sh you know, cut some shooting lanes on a on a running gun set. Yeah, I think it's nice having that opportunity to kind of clear things up. I mean, a lot of things, even with clients, right? You're trying to get stuff done earlier in the season, so you know, having these setups or but but then some cases right where you're going in you're you're freestyle hunting mm -hmm. even on my own property that's set up i freestyle hunt right i got a hanging hunt set up and i gotta have uh i gotta have equipment that allows me to get you know that whole shootability thing kind of yeah. down and that stand set up right so it's important to have the right right gear yeah um in well dan i got i got i got a couple i got one other thing i want to mention there yep. so i measure like so like we talked about the uh, wicked tree gear equipment if something lasts longer than a year with me and it's not completely destroyed, um, and I feel like I'm the ultimate gear tester, I've literally broke every single boot lacrosse. Your boots don't last six months with me, let alone two months. So there's, and I'm not, it's not a degrade in these companies. They're fantastic boots. I keep buying them, but I go through stuff left and right, muck boots. I go through stuff left and right. Some of these hand tools, you know, you've got to spend a little bit more money on them. And like I said, that silky Zumbat tool, um, I buy these dibble bars. I've broken almost every handle on the dibble, dibble bar you can. I mean, I've run over them with tractors too. So some of it's my own, it's user error. But a lot of times like this equipment has to last. So anything I'm telling you, I've used it, it works and it lasts. So yeah. I just want to keep, you know, keep that as a, a little side note. Yeah, and that was going to be my question was in, in the hand tool, pole saw, cutting tool type market, even into machetes. And, and um, uh, I use a product called the Woodman's Pal. Uh, do you feel that price reflects quality on those types of products? So I have a very expensive steel pole saw that's like a thousand dollars. And you know, it's it's I I bought it for speed purposes. I can't get tired in the field. It weighs a ton, right? It's too heavy. The two hundred dollar DeWalt or two hundred dollar black and decker, they, they may be one twenty nine black and decker. Some of those options for pole saws is a good example where you know you're paying a little less 
but you know, maybe it's like long-term. I, I, some products I have are long-term and some are short-term. So I think in, in the market of pole saws for the average guy, I would buy the cheaper pole saw to treat it as a throwaway. Yeah. And it may not be worth the extra money for the quality because the batteries don't last, right? I like battery operated saws for, for most of the stuff, not, not chainsaws, but for pole saws, for these hand saws, I like battery operated stuff, but assume they're only gonna last for some period of time. If it's a long-term investment, you know, likely I'm gonna go with gas. So my pole saw, the expensive one is gas. All my chainsaws are gas. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea to buy like a battery operated unit, but I think it's in your intended use. Do you take care of it? How long are those batteries gonna last? What's the cost of replacement of batteries? I kind of look at all that. Yeah. And uh, you know, when I buy something. Yeah. Um yeah, you've you mentioned the brand Silky. Uh, and just because of my experience in that market, you know, they seem to be like arborists, they seem to be the number one choice uh, as far as quality of a product is the the silky brand. Yeah. Yeah, and you're paying a little bit more for that yeah. quality. Not much more than some of these other brands, though. So the discriminator of price isn't, isn't really there. But I'll tell you one thing. Like in my field, right, I'm cutting timber all the time. So we've come back and forth, my partner, and uh, he, he does, he's a logger by trade, but like just wedges and equipment. And we've, I've gone through, I, I'll go through, I can't tell you how many wedges in a season. We'll cut them, we'll drop them, we'll lose them. You know, they'll get ripped apart in a tree, you know, all sorts of stuff. But wedges are really, really important in my business. And so buying a, a, a good, durable wedge is important. Um, we typically use really, really big wedges, like 12-inch wedges. And uh, if you go to a website called Madsen, Madsen's got a whole bunch of stuff. They've got all sorts of logging gear, but they have a really good good um, wedge. I like really high-rise wedges if you're doing a lot of hinge cutting or lodging over trees. And then that brings me to the next thing, having a good hatchet, having a good axe, you know, something that weighs good. And the other thing is, like, when I'm walking in the woods, I want things to be pretty light. So my partner's kind of, he's funny. He'll throw stuff off his shoulder. Like he's like Tom Sawyer and we've learned to be pretty light and quick. So I like gas cans with doubled reservoirs instead of having like two separate gas cans. And it's just having that portability of equipment in the field. But what, like I was saying earlier, when you're buying equipment, it's worth it to spend a few more dollars and think about the actual product itself. Like if you're buying a wedge, what's the rise in it? Is it textured? What's the depth of it? I used to use these really short four or five inch wedges. Now I use 12 inch wedges. I want a big giant wedge and I want everything to be blue. You have a lot a lot better time seeing blue. So we'll paint all our equipment blue. Our axes are blue, uh, the ax handles are blue, our equipment is blue. Anything you set on the ground is blue. That includes your gas cans. You can paint your glass gas cans blue. So just think about like you're set up in the field, you got a project going on, you got to be able to keep everything close to you and you don't want to lose anything. And you know how many times you lose things in the field, particularly with snow. It is really hard. Uh, I've dropped, I've lost chainsaws in the snow, right? So <laughs> you're working, you set a chainsaw down, where, where'd my chainsaw go? Yeah. And and so it's, it's important to think about just kind of your field experience with what, and it's buying really good things. I think the other thing I want to mention is the right, so I used to run, and I still run it, this really light Gerber hatchet. I use that hatchet for everything. It weighs probably a pound. It's probably a half a pound too light. So I like a pound and a half hatchet. I like um, either a composite or a wooden handle. And um, I don't 
I don't like metal handles, uh, the vibration, the, you know, whatever, the coldness, et cetera, but a really nice flat back. I use that for banging, you know, wedges, whereas alternatively you could bring a two or three pound ax, you know, with a flat back and you can use that for banging wedges against, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, the ax is really important and it can get you out of some jams with chainsaws too, but sometimes you get away with a light hatchet, you know, depending on what you like. We, we typically use, you know, wood, like hickory handles, for most of ours, it's kind of old school. And I have, for my setup on my belt, I basically run a, um, you know, just a, basically a holder. So it holds my hatchet in place. I just put, I've got pockets. I put, you know, I got both my wedges in both pockets and a chainsaw. And I could, get, I can do your entire timber project, but that's all my equipment. And obviously I need the gas and multiple reservoir gas can, et cetera. Yeah. I typically don't use a, use a habitat hook so a lot of people use these habitat hooks. We use them for very specific applications, but we don't really use kind of those shepherd hooks that a lot of guys use. Um, but we, I have a bunch of them and we, we break them. We'll break one a week when we use them just because they get hung up in trees. We've smashed them. I mean, you know, they la we last one lasts about a week with us. That's just how you know devastating we are on equipment. Yeah. Well, anybody, I think doing that kind of work, right? I mean, it, you're you're smashing you're cutting you're hitting you're grinding like those words don't resonate with easy right like easy things this is all this is all hard hard work and you need durable products to do this hard work when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, the, the big thing is it's always light and speed. And so in some cases, I'm talking about a hatchet that weighs a, a pound and a half. But what if you had an axe that weighed three pounds? It's going to be a little bit easier to hit that wedge. So you need to think about yourself. Mm -hmm. Your shoulders and your arms start to wear. You know, you'll get in really good shape. It's just like going out and, uh, you know, uh, preparing for firewood, right? You're throwing, you're throwing a six pound, you know, ax to, to break, depending on what you break, what are you breaking ash or hard maple, whatever the case is, you know, it, it takes some energy out of your body. So you need to think, you know, based on your strength and stature, you know, what you're comfortable with and yeah. you're going to, you know, you're going to make yourself tired, you know, while having lighter equipment sometimes. So you're, you're kind of weighing all these things. Would you change your answers to some of these questions if you we're only using the, these products a couple times a year, let's say like the, the average land manager would, as opposed to somebody who is in a profession like you? Probably. I think in some cases I would go, I would go lower end for most of my stuff. I would go to like Harbor Freight Tools and buy a lot of my equipment. 
and I wouldn't worry about quality as much. Yeah. Okay. When it when it comes to expenses though, like Dan, it's important to have like good safety gear. PPE really matters, and like yeah. I don't think you should like skimp on, you know, quality chaps. You know, you don't have to buy like the the pant. They have these pants that are that are chaps that have everything the Kevlar integrated into them. I mean, those are four hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. I don't even I don't even have a pair of those. But you know, you can get away with some other things. But I think. I think you need to think about lightness because let, let's say I do a lot of cutting in the summertime. I want to be quick, slick, and in and out. And I don't want to be, you know, just physically exhausted, which makes the work harder and it makes me, you know, more susceptible to safety issues. So I think you need to think about your, your mental state in the work, you know, but I don't know. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give you one a good example. So my partner, he runs a steel MS-170 when we cut. And, uh, and anybody listen to my podcast, Jim Ward and a bunch of other guys who run these, these uh, cheaper saws that are almost throwaway saws for us. You know, they're a couple hundred bucks, we throw them away. Now, Steel just came out with new saws. So if anybody's, and I, I'm not, I don't mean to be so brand specific because Husqvarna is good. There, you know, there's other brands that are good. But Steel just came out with a 182. And we tested all the prototypes for, for a year or so. And uh, some of these really like lighter, like you don't need to buy these five seven hundred dollar saws you could buy a low-end saw and we use low-end saws to cut timber i also have really higher end saws that are i like those t-handle saws i like the balance of the saw but once you start using a wrap saw it's hard to go to a t-handle saw for that matter so what that means is you know there's a t basically when you're holding on to the the saw it allows you to use essentially one hand to run the saw um, with that said it's a different dynamic than having two hands with a wrap and you know, those saws, to, you know, depending on your ability to, you know, utilize one of those, you may be more comfortable with, you know, two hands on the saw from a safety standpoint. And of course, you know, something light and easy to use. And again, it's only 200 bucks. So you don't have to spend a thousand dollars on a, a chainsaw. So that's, that's just one example. Yeah. Okay. That's great to know. Uh, what is the next product on your list? So seems pretty basic, but we did talk about, um, you know sprayers uh, or we haven't talked about sprayers but sprayers are really important i use a backpack sprayer all the time i use solo sprayers they're a hundred dollars i buy two sprayers a year and the end of the year i throw them out um i i wear them out in a, in a year and what i typically use that for is foliar spraying so spraying plant life to improve it for vegetation quality the other option is i use it for herbicide so i one for herbicide to kill a plant and want to promote a plant basically. And, and that allows me to have, uh, and I, I write with a Sharpie, which one is which I don't have to clean one out, right? I can leave one for foliar and I can leave one for herbicide and I'm good to go. Uh, steel makes some Husqvarna makes some, they have battery powered ones. Uh, I like to buy a diaphragm type sprayer and that allows me to put wettables in it. So soluble powder, and put that in that, you know, in, in that particular unit. Uh, I use soluble powders because they're cheap, they're portable, they don't degrade, and allows me to put, you know, um, you know, some type of surfactant that's that's uh, wettable. So it just gives me options when, when I'm doing it. A little less PSI coming out, so you can't shoot as far or, you know, shoot as heavy on, on certain things, so it takes you a little bit longer. But a diaphragm option is a little bit better than a piston option. If somebody gets into sprayers, et cetera. So, you know, under 100 bucks, seems like a great gift for somebody and, and allows you to knock out those invasive plants and promote plants that you want. 
And and so do they make those in battery powered too, or are these the side pumps where you pump from the side? Yeah, so I typically use side pump, but the battery powered ones I've used are are awesome. The other thing is you can buy these pretty cheap, um, small like they almost look like a pitcher, um, you know, water pitcher. They're forty eight ounces, and I use those a lot of times. They're just they got a little pump on the top of them. I think they're about forty eight ounces, thirty six to forty eight ounces, and you can put a little dye in there and you can spray that. You know, if you're just spot spraying things, trying to take something out of your food plot, or spraying some vegetation that you don't want, just just a quicker, smaller little option. And if that breaks, they're probably 25 bucks. It's gotcha. a little less expensive than the $100 item. Right. Okay. Sprayers, axes, saws, uh, chainsaws. What else do you have on the on the list? So I did mention gas cans having, and this is a little more expensive, but buying you know, a plastic uh, gas can with uh, two reservoirs, usually it's a two and a half gallon and then maybe like uh, a gallon or half a gallon. One is for your oil, one is for your gas, and one is for your bar oil. And the other one's usually a, a mix, two cycle mix. Mm -hmm. So those are really good. I'm not against no spill. Some people hate them. If you have different types of, um, you know, I don't know, like spouts on them. I'm not really particular. Those usually break in a year. Mm -hmm. So there's some options there. You know, what's a really good actually thing I just thought of is I use those sure cans and they have a spout on the bottom side of it. So for like your four wheelers or tractors or well, even lawnmowers for folks, the sure can, it's easier to pour out. Mm -hmm. It's got a little, um, it's got a little thumb button up top and the spout is near the, the bottom. So it's not a traditional spout towards the top. It's near the bottom and it pours out a lot easier in your equipment. So that's a, that's a unit. That's something that I use actually for for some of my equipment, particularly my, my UTVs and ATVs. Okay. All right. Uh, high quality gas can, good gas can. The multi-reservoir allows you to carry multiple, multiple gas mixes or, or chemicals. Okay. Uh, next. All right. So it's going to be a litany of a few things I'm going to throw at you. Yep. So one of the things that's been super helpful for me over the years is having good carriers. When I'm doing a design and layout on a hunting property, I want to get as close as practical to the area that I'm working on. And if I can walk less, I'm walking less. If I can bring, if I can bring more equipment to an area, I'm going to bring more equipment to an area. So the one thing I want to suggest for everybody who's, you know, thinking about just portability of things is if you have an ATV and you can put a basket on the front of it or back, I go to so many client properties and they don't have anything for hauling around equipment. And they're like bungee strapping stuff on the machines and it just it makes mm -hmm. zero zero sense at all so buying a basket you know i don't want to give a particular brand because it's four-wheeler based or atv based etc but having baskets is huge the other my most favorite thing that i bought years ago they've gone up in price a little bit but it's a little piece of uh it's called a saw haul so on my tractor on my atv i've got a device that holds on and you can make one of these out of wood but it holds on to my chainsaw it mounts to my loader on my tractor and I just jump off, grab it, and I can rock and roll. That's why I like that T-handle saw. It's super light. I can grab it off, you know, off that device. It just holds it in place. You know, it's vertical. You can jump off and you can cut your way out of an area if like a tree falls over a trail and et cetera. It makes it just a lot quicker to kind of move and shake and get things, you know, get going. So that's a, that's a really good option. That sounds. It sounds like it's a holster for a chainsaw. It is. Okay. Yeah, it's a chainsaw holster. Exactly. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, the, the, man, a lot of good products here. Is there any products 
that might be able to fit in a stocking? Yes. Um, okay. So a couple things I would consider, um, and this sounds, it's a chemical, but it's really important yep. is permethrin. I run permethrin on all my gear. And the other thing to consider and permethrin is really to keep some of those ticks and flies and bugs off your equipment. So I, I've got, you know, you can buy it. I don't know, small, you know, small container of it and it's in concentrate and it'll last you for years and years and years. And you just buy a spray bottle and, you're good to go. And I soak all my stuff in it. And uh, it, that's really helpful. So that's, that's what a chemical in it. That's funny. Okay. Oh God. All right. I, I don't think adding chemicals, you know, focusing on chemicals around the Christmas tree is probably the best option, but it's, it's kind of funny to think about with your kids. Um, the other thing, the other thing you could use. I'm sorry. I just, I just imagined my boy going into his, uh, going into a stocking and then pulling out permethrin and is just like, Hey dad, what's this? It's a, it's a poisonous chemical son that kills bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for you. This exactly. Season. Actually, you know, what's a, you know, what's a good idea is, um, your brain needs support and new Ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, waterproof sprays. I think we don't think about this enough. I run canvas pants a lot, mm -hmm. and you can just put waterproof sprays, the same sprays you put on your tents and everything, you put them on your pants. And a lot of times we're working in, I guess, you know, areas that are wet all the time, you know, do on the, you know, do on the, the you know, the herbaceous layer or the thicket layer. Uh, that's one thing to think about. So just something small like that would be really helpful. And really something that I think people overlook. Another thing as a stocking stuffer is gators. Yeah. A lot of people don't use gators a lot, and they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people that like to run um, ice run Danner boots all the time with gators. And what it will allow you to do is give you that flexibility of not having to wear these rubber boots. Damn, this would be perfect for you. Mm -hmm. um, that are super, you know, they're super cumbersome. And you just have this gator that protects you. They're waterproof. You know, they keep your pants dry, et cetera. And you can get ones almost up to your knees. And they'll be perfect for kind of in that field kind of work. And, uh, you know, they, they're pretty light and they'll fit in a... A stocking so those yeah. are some options maybe some chain you know files etc those might be helpful for somebody that wants to you know sharpen your chain if, if you want to do that yourself it's pretty super easy to do that you know just go on youtube and and you'll, you'll find some pretty pretty good uh pretty good examples of how to do that stuff good deal uh let's see here We're, we've been talking now about 30 minutes uh how many how many more do you got there i got a few more um, and these are, could be stocking stuffers or something that you could put underneath the Christmas tree. Uh, I like people that uh, consider weighing their deer part mm -hmm. of the, this vital statistics stuff on your deer. So just yep. why not buy a, a game hoist, right? You can buy yep. the digital ones and uh, or an analog one, but whatever's you know most convenient, you know spring spring type. Uh, a measuring tape, a metal measuring tape. I'm sure for Boone and Crockett scores, this would be very important for folks, but measuring, you know, your antler size or your antler quality, you know, based on, uh, based on uh, your local demographic and comparing notes to see if 
how's your bucks averaging? You know, what's the quality of your antler characteristics? That's a, a pretty good a little thing. Um, there's a tool that I use. I typically do age tooth wear with all my deer. So I take out the jaw of the deer and I look at it for you know, kind of what the wear is on the, on the tooth. I use an extraction tool. You don't have to use an extraction tool, but you got to have a set of pruners. Pruners are awesome. You can use them in the field to, you know, obviously cut down trees and branching, but you can also do it to rip out the jaw of a deer. So I cut around the jaw, you know, even if it's a shoulder mount, I'll cut around the jaw, get the jaw basically loose. I'll cut the tongue out and I'll take a set of pruners and I'll cut the back side of the jaw so I can just slowly extract the teeth. They have an extraction device as well that you can use, but, but those are kind of really good options for folks. Last one to consider is they have safety harnesses that have pockets in them. The Hunter Safety System made them years ago. I don't know if they still sell them, but they're awesome. And they've got these big pockets that you can kind of wear around the field and, and uh, just, you know, stuff things in them. I like pockets with zippers. They don't have them like that, but you could always add something on or add a zipper on. But, you know, I think they're probably 50, 60 bucks for somebody that's looking for, you know, some type of harness that they can use for hanging tree stands, et cetera, and gives them a bit of safety. And yeah. that's a little better around Christmas tree than chemicals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, man, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great point. I have one of those uh, um, downstairs. What was the name? What was the brand name of that safety harness? Uh, Hunter Safety Systems. Hunter Safety Systems. Yeah, they're, yeah. The, they're the ones who made that tool. It's, it was black and yellow and uh, it had uh, big pockets on the side of it that you could put and, and basically the it was designed for people who were setting up tree stands all right I'm, dan i'm gonna give you a couple more things just to throw here at the end because i think this yep. is some quality stuff it's like we're thinking about you know field management stuff and simple cheap easy uh flagging tape and paint okay i think those are some things we overlook is just you know flagging off an area flagging off your trails flagging off your tree stands those type of things and paint i use obviously paint for you know, painting the blue on some of my equipment so I don't lose it in the field, but painting trees, painting the trees that you're going to harvest, right? If you're going to play forester for a day, you're going to need stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing to cons consider is um, I get tired a lot and I usually make this, I, I don't know, we, my partner and I are pretty health conscious when we're working. So we're very conscious of just staying, uh, we're not dying in the field, right? We got to have yeah. our head with us and we got to be be hydrated. So things like liquid IV, you can buy them little packets and put them in your drinks. And so that's just electrolytes. There's a lot of these little additive electrolytes that can be awesome for you when you're working. I typically run, um, I run, the, I, I make this stuff called green juice in the morning and it's just a mixture of spinach and a few other things to get me rolling. But, you know, for those that don't drink coffee that need a little boost in the morning and if you're not drinking orange juice, having something like that, like a little electrolyte that'll boost you and keep you through the day is pretty important so yeah. you know you're strong and healthy as you rock and roll with the chainsaws yeah yeah absolutely uh what else uh offhand I, I can't think of anything else other than it's nice to have equipment i like tractors but i don't know if uh you know some of the listenership is is putting a tractor underneath the christmas tree right right uh <laughs> you know one one thing that i wish that i hope i get for christmas uh, would be that would fit in a stocking is a deed to about 300 350 acres i think that would be awesome. that would be a great christmas gift for me <laughs> so is your wife going to come through with that or what <laughs> no <laughs> no no i can't even come through with that so if, if i can't she can't 
Yeah, I've had these visions of grandeur of selling my house and selling my, my land here and, and going to buy a few hundred acres and just living in a little shack with my kids. I think that sounds like an ideal scenario, but yeah. you know, I, I don't want to be too far away from <laughs> from some of the things that my kids probably enjoy. Exactly. You know. Hey uh kids, I just want to let you know that we're leaving this lifestyle and electricity behind and we're gonna go out into the woods and live now. <laughs> Well, uh, John, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. This was a, a quick and to the point uh, episode. I really appreciate you uh, putting a lot of thought into these answers. And uh, hopefully you get all your land management Christmas presents that you asked for this year. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening to my podcast, Whitetail Landscapes. And obviously, I love being on the network. It's great to support Dan. And, you know, if you have any questions, reach out. This is a, a list of things that, that I use, and if you need more specific recommendations, I'm available at any time.